through us. I'm super excited. But uh, anyway, I'm going to have the panel come on down. Um, I'm going to be kind of moderating the panel, so maybe I'll sit right in the middle and then uh, you know, sit there. Maybe DeSmithers over here. Caleb, the, the, the really special one, is on the right. Um, if there's anybody here that doesn't know what we're doing and you're trying to figure this out, uh, we're, we're not going to have a sermon today. Um, this is a continuation of last week. M- most of you were here. I taught on um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. You remember that passage I taught on? This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you would abstain from sexual immorality. And so um, I brought that message and we talked about the importance of, of letting Jesus sanctify us in the area of our sexuality. Um, but today we're going to kind of flush that out in terms of dating and singleness. So we thought a panel would be the best way to do it. Um, many of you guys submitted questions for us. Uh, let me just say I've got a lot of questions. I don't know how we're going to get through most of them. We probably can't. If we don't get to all of your questions, please don't be upset with me. Uh, this We only have... It's 11.52. We only have three hours. So I don't know if we can get through them all. Actually, we'll probably only have about an hour for this. Um, and I know the time goes fast in these types of things. But um, this would be a good start. You can also grab us one-on-one, too. If we don't get to your question and it's something that you really wanted answered, um, feel free to approach any of us and we can try to help. Yeah, for sure. So we'll just introduce ourselves, um, not sharing our life stories. Uh, Maybe you guys could just share your names and, uh, you know, how long you've been married and that good stuff. Well, I am Brooke, and I'm married to this guy. We've been married for two and a half years now. I'm Josiah. I'm married to this lady. We've been married for two and a half years now. So they're going to represent the, you know, I wanted to have somebody on the panel that, um, kind of represents the next stage of life for a lot of you guys, what it's like to be a young married couple. Um, And then I thought you have to have an old married couple too. Caleb? (laughs) Just kidding. All right, I'm Tammy. I'm sure everybody knows me. I'm married to this guy. Been married to him almost 29 years in April, April 23rd, 1994. Go 94. (laughs) Way before you guys were even born. All right, and you guys know me. My name's Caleb. I I am not married, so I'm single. <laughs> but I'm in a current currently in a dating relationship for about one and a half years. So yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate Caleb coming, um, aka Wrath of Cain, also known as Sugar Cain. And I actually thought it would be really good to have somebody that is single because so many of us in this amphitheater are single. Um, Now he's dating, he's in a dating relationship, but he's not married, so he's single. Um, And I thought he'd do a great job just sharing that perspective. So, um, hey, thanks. Thanks, you guys, for submitting questions. I've got the, um, the Google spreadsheet in front of me, and there are 28, is that... Well, no, one is a test question. So there's, I don't, I don't want to do math. Let's just say there's, there's over 20. Uh, there's a lot. And so we're just going to 
kick it off um, and, uh, and start hitting these things. Um, Noah, I was thinking that, uh, I forgot to talk to you about this. We have so many questions that we probably won't have people submit them while we're talking. Just, I mean, if you guys want to submit them, we could get to them later, but I doubt we can get to all these questions that we have, and we got some good ones, really good ones. Are you ready? Here we go. The first one I, I really, I thought would be super beneficial. This is for people that are uh, currently dating or hope to be dating soon, so that would be for everybody here. Um, what kind of healthy boundaries did you have or do you have to, to minimize um, kind of lustful intent, um, especially in dating relationships? So basically, how, what, what do you do? What kind of boundaries do you have to keep your sexual desire at bay so that it's expressed in marriage, you know, not in the dating or in your singleness? Um, this is good for all of you guys. I don't know if anybody wants to jump in right now. All right. There we go. I like that. Let's yes. go. Okay. Dating is fun. <clears throat> um, so boundaries with dating. Um, I think it's important to start with that, understanding, like, what is the purpose of boundaries? Like, if boundaries aren't just to keep you from having fun, um, the, part, the, the purpose of boundaries is to keep you on the path that you want to stay on, right? And so... Some boundaries that we had to keep us on the right path was basically, like, we limited a lot of alone time. Like, we would hang out a lot in public places. Um, we would never really spend time one-on-one -on -one in each other's apartments. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't really have to explain why, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, there's a lot of attraction, and, you know, Anyway, then if there is an attraction, then, then maybe there's a different discussion to happen there. But um, another thing that we would do is um, we limited a lot of, like, late-night conversations because, <laughs> again, <laughs> I don't know if I need to go into detail about why, but, like, you can be more tempted. Your guard goes down at night. Um, uh, yeah, those are the main two boundaries that I can think of. But, yeah, you yeah, and we also, adding on to, like, not spending a ton of alone time, um, we also spend a lot of time in community with the people that know us the best. They can observe our dating relationship and help us. Um, if we're always alone, no one is involved in our relationship and can help us along the way. So we spend a lot of time with friends, with family, with our church community especially. Um, and I know that that can sound kind of daunting to say like don't spend a lot of alone time together or don't spend time alone in your apartment together um, but I think now being married looking back dating is such a short blip in your relationship um, so really keep that in perspective like this is for I, I want this to go the distance I want this to be for a lifetime so I'm I'm waiting now but it's not forever it's a very short temporary season of my life, and we want to have success in the dating relationship. We want to honor God with it. And so doing everything you can in that short window of time to get to that that goal, um, yeah, just keeping that long-term perspective in mind, I think, is helpful. Thanks, you guys. Really good. Um, in, a, in a minute or two, I'm going to have Caleb share this, too, um, just to kind of give you a heads up. Uh, 
I think, I think it'd be good to hear from you too, because you're in, currently in the dating relationship. You want to process that. Um, so, you know, it's been a long time since we were dating. <laughs> I don't have to try to, you know, keep it under wraps anymore, do I? No? <laughs> Just trying to get awkward. Hey. Oh, listen, let me be real with you guys. I still remember what we, even though it was 30 years ago, I can tell you right now, um, it's not legalism that keeps you pure. And so um, what the DeSmithers are talking about is awesome and super proud that you guys are really trying to do that. Um, and so Tammy and I, and you can share too if you want, um, but of course we had boundaries. And most people would think we had really high boundaries and high standards, but the rule didn't keep us sexually pure because you can get around any rule. You know what I mean? You could say, I'll never kiss in dating. That's my rule. You can do a lot of things besides kissing that isn't pleasing to God, Right? Do I need to explain that anymore, Noah? No. So, you, you know, it's not a legalistic rule. It's a desire to please Jesus. That's why, we want, that's why we had boundaries. But when it comes to not only being led by the Holy Spirit, but just being in touch with yourself, um, and hopefully this isn't too awkward. I, I, we do have a lot of questions that we're going to do, like in one-on-ones and, and not in mixed company of men and women. So we're not going to go too far trust me, but hopefully this doesn't make anybody squeamish, but for me, the way I knew if we had went too far, um, and, I, and I hope you don't think I mean like sexually, I just meant even before anything happened, I was in tune with my body. So if I saw, if, if I observed I was getting really sexually aroused, I knew it's time for me to give a little, I love you, I'll see you later, right? Because I knew where that would go. So, because again, I wanted to be pure so that I knew when I was in that state, when, um, when I was in that state and we were dating, I knew if I wanted to be pure, that was a, um, an indicator. That's right. That's right. That was an indicator of like, wow, I need to just kind of take a, a breather here and wait till we're married. So if you're wondering, how do I know if I'm in that place or not, you know, talk to your core leader. Just kidding. Just trying to keep it relaxed. It's an awkward topic. And then I don't know if you want to say anything, but Caleb would love to hear from you too. I don't really have much more to add to that. I mean, the one thing is just kind of defining your why. Like, first of all, you have to be settled in your mind that that you feel like this is what God wants you to do, to be pure. Like, uh, you know, you have to settle that with the scriptures and with your relationship with God. Um, and once you're convinced that, okay, this, you know, God's way is better than my way, <laughs> um, and that you're convinced that, okay, I, I've gone through the scriptures and I, I know that God wants me to live a life that is reflective of him, that's holy, um, that's honoring to him, honoring to other people. Um, and you settle that first, theologically. Um, then you have to define your why. Like, why why am I doing this? You know, um, because anything that's difficult, you know, is worth fighting for. Um, and this is something that's not going to be easy. I mean, it's it's one of the greatest victories that Nino and I have ever experienced in our entire Christian life. And it was something that was difficult and something that we wanted more than anything else. And so if it's something that you don't really, you know, you haven't really thought through, you haven't wrestled with God on this topic, and, you know, it's not something that you really, really want, um, then it's going to be hard to, like, win at this thing because it's, it's powerful. <laughs> it's one of the most powerful things in the universe, like, um, just your sex drive. Um, and so you have to figure that out first. So settle that first. Um, and then, yeah, why? Why am I doing this? Um, you know, and it has to be, your why has to be something that's bigger than yourself. It can't just be 
be for you. You know what I mean? Like the dating relationship or, you know, the way you feel or what you're going to get out of it. It has to be something so much bigger than that. Obviously, you know, pleasing God, you know, that's the hugest factor. But also thinking about the future, like realizing that every seed that you plant, um, every seed that you deposit into a soil. So I think of marriage like a garden. Um, and every seed that you put into that soil, it, it's going to bear something. Um, and it's like you don't want to plant things that are going to come up 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years later. Um, because this life isn't our own. And the things that we do with our life um, are impactful, not just ourselves um, and our creator, but also future generations, like my children, my grandchildren. Um, and so at the time, it's like you're kind of just thinking about yourself. You know, you're young. You know, I'm young and fun, just want to have a great time. Um, but our actions have consequences. Um, and so, anyways, I just wanted to kind of frame, have that be a framework um, as we kick this off. Um, because to me, that's like the biggest issue. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was thinking about something, just going off kind of what Tammy was talking about. I feel like when you're in a dating relationship, it's like, uh, like you have these temptations and these struggles and you have to battle them because like, like how, how much worse would it be if you got married and you were in a covenant relationship and you broke and you gave in a temptation because you didn't fight those battles before you got into that relationship. And that just like, it kind of puts some seriousness on the importance of it, I think for me. So that's kind of what I think about sometimes. And um, yeah, I even think about my kids sometimes. Um, and now like my actions and like, like my brain like can be like transferred to like my kid, you know? And I don't want them to suffer through some of the same, same temptations I have to. So like helping correct some of that stuff now is actually like really helpful for your kids down the road too. Um, and I can get into, I could get into some specifics for like boundaries I set. Um, I just, uh, one, one little thing I did was my old campus pastor, he's like, yeah, when I was dating Melissa, you know, I, I told her I wouldn't kiss her for three months. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I just kind of copied him. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I just kind of observe my leaders and what they do. And I like look to them for examples and stuff. So I'm not saying like that's necessarily what you should do, but I think it helped us just because like um, like boundaries are important, so you don't cross lines you don't want to. And um, yeah, I was gonna I think I was gonna try and s to say something else. Um, oh, one of the last things was like I kind of love rules, and I can <laughs> I can make me too many rules and just like ignore the feelings of my girlfriend and like becoming a Pharisee or something like that. And I was kind of leaning towards that end actually and it was becoming like bad. Like I don't want to say you shouldn't have rules, but like you should take the other person's feeling into consideration and maybe set some boundaries together and like uh, just make sure you enforce those after you do that. So. Thank you. Yeah, that's really, really good. This is a great question, and there's really two of them that I think are related, and so maybe you guys could hit both of them together, but uh, this is very common in dating. Uh, so the first question asked, how should you approach 
a relationship if your partner has had uh, multiple sexual relationships or even just one prior sexual relationship. And then this question is, um, what is the right timing uh, for revealing current and previous sexual sins, struggles, and dating relationships? Not necessarily just admitting it, but at what times in the relationship should you reveal more detail? So you guys can think about that. Does anybody want to jump in right now? Or you want to process a little more? I've got a lot to say about it, but I don't know if you guys want to, anybody want to jump in? You want to go? Okay. Oh, I can go. Brooke wants to go first. Okay. One benefit of being pure is that you don't get jealous. Um, so anyways, I was just thinking of past relationships and how that can be like a huge like jealousy, rager, angry, like, you know, sin fest for people when they're like hear that somebody was, you know, sexually impure um, with somebody else. Um, but God can redeem that. So if you're that person, I was that person, Nina was that person. We didn't get saved until we were 18. Um, no. Well, right, and that's the point. The point is that when you have a pure relationship, it's, like, weird. It's, like, I don't get jealous. He doesn't get jealous. Like, I can hear about his past relationships. He can hear about my past relationships. And it's not that we talk about it, obviously. I mean, you know, obviously it's been a long time. We don't talk about that. Even when we were first dating, we didn't really talk about it much either. I mean, but when it did come up, because we, I don't remember the timing of when it actually came up. Um, I don't, we didn't really have a set, let's reveal everything. So first of all, I don't think it's healthy or biblical or necessary to go through a laundry list of everything you did. That's the flesh. Before, when, when I was a teenager and dating girls, I would like demand, I want you to tell me every guy you were with, every, did you go to first base, second base, third base? Did you have sex? Tell me it all. It's like masochistic. And that's the flesh. The flesh wants to know because I only cared about myself, right? I wasn't thinking about her. I was thinking about myself. So I don't think it's necessary to go through every detail. I mean, man, that's like unless you're a glutton for punishment. And um, uh, so I, don't, I wouldn't do that. At the same time, you don't have to um, lie and pretend that you never did anything either. I think what you're saying is really great. I mean, God can take the, the ashes and create beauty. I remember when, um, when Tammy and I were, um, uh, we were at the laundromat. We were dating, and um, sounds very romantic, doesn't it? We were at the the laundromat. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's true. Just any, no matter what we did, was romantic. Um, still the same. And um, and we were in the car, and there was a time when you kind of revealed something to me that had happened to you. Um, and uh, it wasn't like a sexual sin, but just how guys had mistreated her. And, um, and I remember in that moment, you had said to me, you, you were really crying, and said, I guess, you know, you're with a wounded woman. And, and this is such the Holy Spirit, what God can do in your dating relationship. Because I remember when I, I looked at Tammy and the Holy Spirit came upon me and said, you are a man that used to wound women. And now I've redeemed you and you're going to be used by me as a tool to heal a wounded woman. And see, that's how God turns our life around. And so 
I didn't mind what had happened to her. I didn't mind what she had chosen to do or what other people did. I just knew that God was doing something so big, showing Tammy how pure she really is to him, and that I was just caught up in this great heavenly dance with the Lord of being a tool for him to bless her. That's, that's the beauty of this. And so we never really obsessed over that, I mean, at all, of our past. I mean, except that one time you punched me when I said that one thing. <laughs> Just kidding. I use sarcasm if you don't know, okay? I'm trying to lighten the, mo- the mood a little bit. You guys are real serious. But did, did you guys, Caleb, you guys want to share anything or no? You want to? Okay. Well, I think um, I could have done better in this area. I told Josiah before we were dating a lot of things that I had been through, and I think it was a little too much at the time. And I think this morning I was thinking about this. I think the reason I did that was more so self-sabotage, like I don't feel good enough for this relationship than it was like wanting to be honest with him. Um, It was just, I still felt like worthless and dirty and like, I've done all these things, so you're probably not going to want me, so I'm just going to lay it all out there. And um, I was just thinking about this morning, the different areas of our relationship that we had success in that really brought a lot of healing to that area of my life that I didn't even realize I was still really broken in. Um, These are just silly examples, but they really meant a lot to me. For example, Josiah, when um, we were just like friends, we liked each other. He asked me, would you like to pray about dating? Not, would you like to date me? I thought he was about to ask me out. He said, would you like to pray about dating each other? And (laughs) that sounds so silly. But for me, I had never been treated like that. I was like, wow. like, what? (laughs) And then um, he also, once we started dating, he said, I've made a commitment that I don't want to kiss anyone until my wedding day. I want to kiss my wife. That'll be my first kiss. I was like, some people, like, you'd probably be like, oh my gosh, what? And, like, you didn't kiss until your wedding day? I'm, I'm not doing that. Don't feel shame about that. Um, but for me, I had been in all these relationships where it was just like, take and take and take as much as possible. To have someone say, like, I'm not going to kiss you until the day we get married or the day I marry my wife, whoever that may be, was, like, really honoring to me and respectful. Like, I had never been respected and honored in that way. Um, so all that to say, God can really... Um, yeah, use dating relationships to redeem some things and um, bring healing to areas where you're really broken. So I don't think it's necessary to, like Nino was saying, to just lay it all out there, go through every detail and like drag yourself through the mud again um, of all the things that God's already forgiven you of. You can certainly say like, I've had a history of things like this, like I've sinned in the area of sexuality in the past, but I don't think we need to drudge it all up again and Um, I think some of that can come from insecurity and wanting to be affirmed that, like, you still want to be with me, which might not be healthy. So, (laughs) yeah. That was was great. Let me, a couple more. I want to try to get to as many questions as we can. And so I'm going to jump around, maybe some of these for Caleb as well. Um, Oh, boy. There's so many good ones, you guys. Let's see. Well, this is a big one. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's not going to sound big, but it's really big. It's kind of the heart of everything here. How do you know who you should marry? 
Caleb. How you doing in that? <laughs> Deja, listen closely. Uh, I'm just giving, giving you a hard time. You don't have to answer that, but um, I, don't know, I don't know, Tammy, if you want to think about it, or you guys, but I mean, this is important, right? Because you're trying to figure that out. That's why you're dating, I'm assuming. Like, should you marry the person? you have thoughts about it or I I have thoughts <laughs> um yeah okay so another benefit of having a pure relationship is that you can actually think <laughs> and see and not be uh you know sexual impurity has a way of clouding things out where you don't you know your focus can become really unclear um and you can get into sexual and emotional bondage to another person and sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees when you're in that situation. And so one of the amazing benefits of a sexually pure relationship is that your eyes are wide open, um, that you are sensitive to God, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sensitive to the voice of other people in your life. Um, I would definitely say bring other people in. Um, you, know, you know, don't try to do this thing alone. Um, allow other people, and we've talked about blind spots um, in the past as a um, sermon, but allow other people to be part of your relationship. Um, because a lot of times you, you can be in it and, you know, you don't see things clearly. Like you don't see the blind spots or you don't see like, oh, wow, this is, this is becoming an issue or I see this and this is a concern. Um, so definitely keep other people in it. And then, like I said, uh, just having a pure relationship, it just, it, it, it makes it where you can actually like think and pray and like figure this thing out. Because this is the second most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. Um, this is not the one that you want to get wrong. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things in life you, you know, are like, okay, I can recover from that. But if, you know, if you make this mistake, this is going to be a difficult one to recover from. And not only will you suffer, but it could involve multiple people and really be devastating for a lot of people's lives. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not saying that to scare you, but it's just, you know, that's one of the benefits of having that pure relationship is just, you know, being able to see and inviting other people in to like watch, you know, watch and pray with you. Um, and then as that time goes on, when you're spending time with God, um, you're in community with other Christian people that are observing your relationship, um, it becomes pretty clear. I mean, it's like, okay, like, you know, we're compatible. We have very similar interests. You know, we're attracted to each other. I mean, there's, you know, multiple, you know, things, you know, we both love God. We both see our futures aligning together. Um, you know, we have similar, you know, things that we like, we enjoy doing. Um, and then eventually it just, you know, it becomes clear. I mean, for us, I think within the first year, um, we pretty much knew for sure that, that we were going to be married. And then, we <laughs> well, you know, some of us take a little longer than others. <laughs> no, I just wanted to be really clear. Cause I, like Nino alluded to it, I had a pretty rough, um, past up to that point. And it was, yeah, I was like, yeah. And in my family life, people who know me know, how I was raised and what I went through. Um, so yeah, so I really didn't want to get this wrong because, you know, God wants to redeem things. You know what I mean? He doesn't want us to continue on in cycles and patterns. Um, he wants to break things, you know? And if you're a person in this room where you're like, okay, like, you know, it's going to stop with this generation. Like, we're not going to continue the sins of, of the fathers from generation to generation. Like, somebody has to be bold enough and have the courage um, and have the strength um, and the faith to believe that God can do a new thing in your generation, in your marriage, in your relationships. And that was me. And I knew God was calling me to that. Um, and so, anyways, it's awesome when you follow God. He, he makes all things new. Yeah, okay. 
Um, so I think many of you met my girlfriend. Her name's Deja. We're long distance. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like we we started dating. Like we hung out with people a lot, and like I think like a month after we started dating, Julie was like, "I really like her. Like you, you should." Like, she's a keeper. She should definitely keep her. <laughs> and, like, just things like that happened a lot. And I'm like, oh, she must be, like, you know, she must be really cool. And, <laughs> but, I mean, we've even we've had our bumps along the road. Like, um, I wasn't actually sure. Well, I mean, I haven't proposed yet. But I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're getting married sometime uh, in the future. But, <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't spoil all the details, but, <laughs> but uh, basically in the first year of our relationship, I was just like kind of unsure about some things and like our futures. Cause like, I, I always wanted to be a missionary and I love serving in Kaiapa. I want to do world missions someday. And like, it's just kind of hard to find someone who like wants to do all those things. Um, and even dating Deja, it's like, we're long distance, like, like, do we want to do the same things? Like, are our goals aligning? Because those are all things that are really important to me. Like, are our futures aligning? I think Tammy said this. So actually, Chris sat down with me once, and he just kind of laid it out. He's like, well, I just, I just wanted you to know, like, as a friend, and I care about you, and I want you to have a good future. And then I think Pastor Nino sat down with me another time and said basically the same thing. And even throughout some of this, I was worried, I was confused, and then asked Tammy, hey, can you sit down with me and give me some advice? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I don't want to steal the mic, but I was very proud of him, because a lot of young men, they don't, they don't ask, you know, the old lady in the church, like, hey, can you have coffee with me, because I have some questions. <laughs> um, yeah, and he was like, he was shocked, but anyways, yeah, that was really cool, Caleb. Yeah. I just want to finish off saying, like, we had to go kind of work through a lot of that stuff, and I think... I think we're pretty much settled on getting married in the future now, but those are questions you gotta ask yourself to make sure like you are making the right decision, you know? And people in your life, people older than you giving you wisdom and wise counsel, like you should listen to them. So. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and thanks for sharing that about seeking counsel. Uh, I wanna move on to, to the next question. We have so many questions. I would just say this about to bring closure. How do you know who you're supposed to marry? Um, when I made a decision to propose to Tammy, I was proposing to the woman she was in that moment in time, not who I wanted her to be in the future. So if you can't, if you can't see yourself marrying the person who he is or she is now, do not marry them. You're not marrying, oh, he could be a good guy. I know he's a little angry and loses his temper, but he'll, he'll, he'll change. No, he won't. Okay, you know, so you, it'll get worse. Marriage, if you have any demons, <laughs> wait till you get married. They're going to come out. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I was married. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, and I, and I say that tongue in cheek. I'm not saying you're demon possessed. As a Christian, we're not demon possessed. But what I'm saying is generational sins, generational curses, struggles of sin you have. If you think you're going to get married and everything's going to be okay, good luck with that. All right, this will lead, so I married the woman she was, not who I wanted her to be. 
Yeah, don't look for potential, like Pastor Aaron Burke was saying. Look for patterns. This leads to the next one, and uh, and I can take this one. Um, the, the question was, how, basically, how how will pornography impact your marriage? You know, how can you live pure if you're um, uh, trying to overcome a pornography addiction? And um, I did not look at pornography. That wasn't my struggle, but I was, I lived in fornication uh, throughout my life until uh, Tammy and I started dating, so I understand that. So I'm not speaking on this as somebody that was in porn and couldn't, and had struggle, but I'm sharing as a pastor who's discipled hundreds of men that have dealt with it. Um, and I know women can st- struggle with it too. Um, it's just that I deal with it with, with men and I help men overcome that. Um, what I want to tell you is, this is the number one mistake I've seen. And, and you probably would, would agree with me. People think they're going to get married and that's going to cure their pornography usage. <clears throat> Wrong. It's not just a sexual thing. It's not, well, be, when we get married, we can actually have sex and therefore I won't my, I won't have this pent-up desire, and I won't look at porn. It's way deeper than that. It's way, the roots go way deeper. There's roots of addiction. There's emotional escape. It's, self, it's self-medication, self, self-sabotage. So getting married does not cure pornography, okay? Um, but Jesus does. So Jesus can set us free, and all of us can be set free. And I want you guys to have hope. So I don't want you to think, oh, I struggle with pornography. I shouldn't get married. I'm just telling you, don't think of marriage. Is that what you were thinking too? Or, Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not the cure. Yep. Right, a lot of pressure. Yep. So anyway, I want to ask some other ones. I just wanted to hit that one real quick. Okay. Um, Wow, this is great. This is a general question. I don't, I don't think I asked this one. What is the overall vision for dating, in your opinion, or in your eyes? Did we talk about that? Okay, so what's the overall vision? When you guys were dating, you're dating, what's the, maybe the overall vision of why you're dating? Um, I think for us, um, well, we, I was very attracted to her, <laughs> so that was a good start. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, how you doing? And then, um, but the reason we wanted to pursue a dating relationship was because I felt like our paths were on similar tracks, and I was looking for somebody to be on the same path with, right? And I think when you are married to someone, it's like a life partnership, and you're doing life together all the time, and so you're looking for somebody that would be compatible for that, if that makes sense. And so I think dating, some people call it dating, courting, I don't know. I think like courting was a big thing going around for a while. Um, I think dating for us was we were dating with the intention that we would get married someday, and if we didn't see it going that way, we would break up. Um, and so at the beginning, it was like wanting to get in, to, wanting to get to know each other better um, in just practical ways. Um, and then as our relationship progressed, we got to know each other more deeply, like meet each other's families, hanging out with each other's friends, stuff like that, and just get to see each other's worlds more. Um, 
to the point where we started realizing like, oh yeah, we're kind of on similar paths. We're not like identical because we're our own individuals, but we're on similar paths and our paths can merge, you know? And so, yeah, that was kind of a big one for me, you know, marriage. <laughs> yeah, and of course, um, adding on to like dating for the sake of seeing, is this someone that I could spend a lifetime with? Um, some like helpful things that we kept in mind is um, one of the things that we said a lot is like this could be someone else's future wife or future husband and I want to honor them and treat them in a way that's going to leave them better than I found them so that if they don't end up if we don't end up getting married the person that they end up marrying we can like stand face to face with them and say I honored them and treated them well and pushed them closer to Christ um, so dating it's going to sanctify you. <laughs> like Things are going to come to the surface, um, and it should be pushing you closer to Christ and sanctifying you. Um, there's something else I was thinking about, and no, I can't remember what it was. Um. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get the idea. It should push you closer to Christ and um, should be like honoring in a way that when if you were to break up, that person would be left better, left closer to Christ than when you first got together. That's really good. Uh, Caleb, uh, you don't have to answer it. Did you have anything to add, or I think that's enough there in terms of vision? It's good. All right. I told Caleb, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot too much here. He appreciates that. I just put him on the spot. All right. Um, so many good questions here. Well, let's go there. This comes up all the time. Somebody asks this. Uh, is dating someone who isn't a Christian a sin? Citation, 2 Corinthians 6.14. I have a feeling that's about being unequally yoked. Just a thought, maybe. Um, anyway. Who wants to make people angry? <laughs> Anybody? Kayla! Yeah, all right! <laughs> I'm just going to read this verse since it's written down. It says, Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light and dark with darkness? So, I think it's just kind of interesting. You kind of almost answered your own question. But um, I think there might be, like, one exception, and that's if, like, you were already dating and then you became saved. And then maybe, like, maybe you invite them to church once or twice and then they don't come and then that's when you break up. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> just give them, a, give them a few chances. But, like, if I were a Christian, I wouldn't go out of my way to try and date someone who's not personally I think that's just bad for you it's bad for your future marriage just bad in general I think so it's kind of my thoughts well, I dated a guy who wasn't a Christian <laughs> um, before I actually got saved after I started dating this guy um, and then I just was in the relationship for way too long um, God was convicting me for a long time before I was obedient and was like okay God I hear you <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I can't imagine now looking back, like how horrible that would have been. You know, God gives us 
rules um, because he loves us and he wants to protect us. Um, yeah, and just being unequally yoked. I mean, can you imagine even being an animal on a on a field, you know, going back to like kind of our garden analogy, um, you know, plowing a plot of land with somebody who, you know, I mean, I'd feel bad for the animal. You know what I mean? Like having two that like couldn't work together and just weren't, you know, yoked in like their foundation of faith. Like Christianity is, if that isn't your foundation, I mean, like that's everything. Um, yeah, and just, you know, I just wouldn't invite that on myself. You know, I just, you know, like I said, God loves us and he sets up these things because he wants to protect us. Um, and so, yeah, so like what Caleb was saying, like I guess if you were, you know, already dating somebody, you know, and then you became a Christian, you know, I guess you have to give it some time, right? Like, so I broke up with this guy because I knew, you know, God was saying, no, like this is not the right person for you. Um, and then all, just, all of a sudden he started going to church and started going to Bible studies and it was like, all of a sudden he became like super Christian, you know what I mean? Um, and so I was, then it kind of made me confused. I'm like, okay, well maybe he does have a relationship with God. Um, yeah, but then I kind of tested that and allowed that to kind of play out and still felt like God was saying, no, that this isn't the right relationship. And so when I finally, you know, was completely obedient and broke it off, um, then I realized he went right back to, you know, the way he was always living and the way he always believed. He was just trying to, he was like a leprechaun or a chameleon, just trying to change um, you know, the, the, his act essentially to kind of make himself more appealing to me. Um, but that wasn't what it was, what it was. And that would have just been a nightmare. Um, so yeah, so just, you know, when God tells us to do things, you know, it's kind of like when your parents tell you to do things, it's kind of a bummer. You're like, okay, like such killjoys, you know what I mean? They're telling us to like that. I can't do this. Um, I mean, it really is for your benefit and for your good. And so, you know, when God says things, you just have to listen. And I know sometimes it doesn't, makes sense at the time, um, but trust me, when you look back on your life, when you get older, you get more mature, um, you're like, okay, yeah, God had a reason um, why he wants us to be yoked with other believers and, you know, and being able to build that foundation of faith, um, and everything is built upon that, so. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> a lot of wisdom. Um, okay, this is a really good one. Um, how does a couple handle a long-distance dating relationship that is still growing and respects the Lord? I wonder who would take that. <laughs> I guess I've been put on the spot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I already knew I was going to answer this one. Let's see. I mean, yeah, so Deja and I, we, we met at a Chi Alpha conference. We were both becoming CMITs at the same time. Join the CMIT, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we were doing that, we met, and we spent like the week together and then asked her out. Uh, we both knew it was gonna be long distance, so there was already that expectation. And then, you know, we we kind of thought about it, like we, we live three hours away, so like, yeah, we can see each other usually around once a month or so. And um, let me review the question here. How does it handle it? Okay, so one of the first things we talked about is like how important communication is. And like Deja had this phrase, she said, I want open and honest communication. And yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> so we, we FaceTime a lot, like a really good, a, a lot actually. Pretty early on in our relationship, we established, we called it like date nights for two hours. We we would always have this slot in our week 
that we always had for each other. Because like, even in the, sometimes we get so busy and in the midst of a busy week, we don't really get to communicate. But you shouldn't let like your relationship suffer because of your schedule, because it's like an important part of your life, right? So, <laughs> uh, so that's important. So communication still is possible, even when you're long distance. It just, maybe you have to work a little harder to make it more intentional, but it's still definitely possible. And then, let's see, uh, what Hold on, that's the wrong question. Still growing and respects the Lord. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've grown a lot in the past year and a half. Like, yeah, your girlfriend, you'll, or your boyfriend, they'll let you know, like, what you're doing wrong, you know? <laughs> if they... Well, I mean, Deja does, but. <laughs> but I mean, I like that, actually. I like open and honesty. I know, I like to know where I need to grow. And like, that's what your partner should do for you. I think like, um, you know, like the goal of marriage is to like sanctify, help, help each other, help point each other towards Christ, right? And like in a dating relationship, you're getting ready for that. So like, if that's going on, uh, if that's like starting to go on during your dating relationship, it's probably gonna keep going on in your marriage which is what you want like in you know if like that is happening then you're probably uh, you're probably in a good relationship so uh, those are kind of my thoughts just communication see making making sure you follow through commitments and like seeing each other and stuff so. yeah thank you I appreciate it um, it's 12:36, so just wanted to give you guys a heads up if there's anything closing remarks that you want to share something to kind of impart a couple minutes here we're going to probably wrap up a couple uh, questions that I might hit here and then I just want to kind of prepare you guys if there's anything you want to bless everybody with Um, got a number of questions that um, you know I just don't think would be appropriate to talk about here but they are important and so I can just kind of generally handle these but I would say you know talk to staff um uh, talk with your core leader about these things. Um, there were several questions about uh, the act of sex in marriage. You know, like, what what can you do? What is not permissible? What can you say to your partner? Is it okay to say this? Uh, pornography within marriage or not? Um, so what I want to say about this is uh, you've, got, you've got to understand that you're raised in a culture, and I talked about this last week, where our minds are constantly bombarded with pornography and, um, and lies. And so um, you want to make sure you're not bringing this into the marriage bed. Um, I, I've had conversations with young people and things that they are wondering if they can do that would just, I mean, didn't even cross our mind. Like, wow. So you've got to understand that, like, and I'm not saying, like, it's, it's got to be, like, you have to have a boring sex life. Um, because then I'd be lying about our life. But, uh, you know, but, but, but Holy Spirit, zip the lips. But you can have a beautiful love, a beautiful relationship sexually that's not um, perverse. And a lot of stuff that we, you, you will see, I mean, you've got to remember your mind can get warped, especially if you've given yourself over to pornography on a, on a long-term basis, you, you, you're not seen clearly. Um, this can happen to men and to women. But men, you've got to be sensitive to your women, to your wives. What, 
they're not going to feel comfortable. There's men that want to do things. Christian men in marriages and their wives are not comfortable with it. And, um, and I don't know if this is making you uncomfortable that I'm talking about it, but I hope it is because it's uncomfortable for a lot of wives. And they, you just, you've got to filter this through the Word of God, okay? Ideas in our minds from the pornography and culture uh, is something that wasn't there 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago. And so the, how do you filter it? I would say, and I don't know if you've got thoughts about this, but talking, talking with us, talking with staff, talking with your core leader, just having real discussions. I mean, just don't let it just sit there in the dark and wonder. And then you bring that into marriage. Um, I mean, I have, and I'm going to be careful saying this publicly because I, no one's going to listen to this recording anyway, but I just want to respect the person. This is many, many years ago. We had some friends. Um, they got married. Um, they're Christians. They went on their honeymoon, and I guess something happened on the wedding night. And obviously, I don't know. I don't need to know. But it was really disturbing to the woman. And it ended with her locked in the bathroom crying. And that marriage also ended, tragically. And I don't, and again, I don't need to know what happened, but I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you that you've got to talk about these things and don't just think because you think something is right, it's right, or just because, oh, my wife doesn't mind, it's okay. That's not, the filter is, is the word of God. Okay, so what does the scripture say about marriage and, the sec- and, and our sex life? And, and talk about it with older people. Um, I know it's an awkward conversation, but I just wanted to go there. Is this okay? I mean, it, it's just, I know it's going to come up, you guys. Like, and I, I saw it in the question, so um, I didn't want to just, you know, put Caleb on the spot and have him deal with that one. So, uh, whew, there we go. Uh, but I do want to give you guys, because it's 1241. Um, this is the beginning of a conversation. I don't think this is the end. But um, if there's something you guys wanted to share in closing, just kind of an exhortation, um, we can do that now. You don't have to either, but if there's anything, okay, let's do it. Um, we talk a lot about, like, the ideal, like we're striving for purity, and I think it can be easy sometimes to feel shame when we make mistakes and feel like, oh, no, I've messed up. Now what do I do? I'm not pure anymore. And I don't think, I, don't, I think there's a distinction between purity and perfection. And I think you can maintain your integrity even through this process, even through mistakes. And I think the, the way you can do that is through accountability and community, um, which is one reason why I love this church so much is like as students, we found so much help and healing and support from the, the Griscos, from the Pains, um, from our friends who are in our core groups with us, our co-leaders, things like that. Um, and that, that kept us on the right path, you know. I think, I think like, we really need people of integrity nowadays, and the only way we can really maintain that is through accountability. Even when you make a mistake, you know, you confess it, you own it, you take ownership of it, and you continue forward. You know, you walk in grace, because God will forgive you when you confess your sins, you know? And so, yeah, that's just what was on my heart, like, to not feel shame, but to bring it into the light. And, and it's, it's not a weakness to do that. If anything, it's, it's more weak to keep it hidden, you know? So, yeah. 
So this morning when I was thinking about this, when I was getting ready, I just had, I felt like the Lord gave me the metaphor of the garden. You know, like marriage is, is like a garden. Um, and I like metaphors and so does Jesus. So we're in good company. <laughs> um, but anyways, but I was thinking, you know, like, you know, the seeds, and I alluded to it early, just like the seeds that you plant in that garden, you know, are important. You know, it's like when somebody's tending a garden, they're very careful about what's coming into the garden. You know what I mean? Like what's going to, uh, you know, produce something in the soil that potentially could be, you know, harmful or bad to the plants that you want to grow and strengthen. Um, and then I thought about what Josiah said, you know, like that, you know, this isn't about perfection. Um, because none of us are perfect. We all fall short of God's glory. None of us do this right. I mean, Nino and I, we weren't perfect in our dating relationship, even though it was, you know, compared to where we were, it looked like it was perfection. Um, but it wasn't because we're human beings and we're not perfect and we made mistakes. Um, you know, but but we were trying. It's the heart It's the heart of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like a punitive, you know, we don't have a punitive Heavenly Father who's like looking to like slap us around for every like small infraction. It's, it's, you know, we have a relationship with God where, you know, he wants the best for us. He loves us and he wants to help us. And he understands that, that we are sinful creatures and that we fall short and that we need his help and his grace. You know what I mean? Um, but then when I was thinking back to the garden, you know, and just, you know, weeds are going to enter into the soil. You know, even the best gardeners out there, they can't prevent weeds from entering the soil. Like it's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like things blow in. It's part of the environment. Like it's like, but, you know, what happens if the gardener doesn't um, maintain and, and, and basically maintenance that garden? Then the weeds start to take over, you know? So if you're, if you're in, in the process of really, like, you know, trying to do the right thing and pleasing God and, you know, all of a sudden you see a weed sprout up, you don't have to let that thing take root. I mean, you don't have to, like, let it, like, get down in the soil where all of a sudden now your healthy plants, the things that you put in your garden, are now getting choked out by the weeds. You can come and snatch that thing out. You know what I mean? It's like, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, things, you know, like I said, we're not perfect people. We're, you know, that's why we need a Savior. Um, um, but, you know, as you're tending your garden and you see things like, oh, gosh, like, didn't mean to do that or this happened or whatever you know it's like you pluck that thing out and you keep going you know what I mean and then you you, you throw in the good seeds you throw in the fertilizer you, you throw in the stuff that's needed to make that garden grow and for it to be beautiful and then before you know it like Brooke said earlier it's a very short season of your life it's like you're preparing for marriage like you're preparing this garden to go the distance you know what I mean it's, it's not it, this is just a small season of it. Um, and when you learn to practice those skills of pulling the weeds and planting the good stuff in the soil for it to grow, pretty soon decades will go by. Like us, we've been married almost three decades. Um, you know, and it's like, wow. Like, you look back and see, like, God grew this whole beautiful thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, I couldn't even imagine when I was your age sitting in those same seats, you know what I mean, that this is what God could do in our lives, that he's he's the good gardener. You know, he's the one who, you know, will make a, a huge, beautiful greenhouse, um, you know, and pull out the weeds um, in your life that um, potentially could choke it out. But, you know, just don't let them take root. So. Any other closing things? Caleb said, uh, I'm done. <laughs> he's out. Hey, awesome. Yeah, that was well said. I don't have any great conclusion either. Just um, just wanted to say how excited I am for you guys. You know, I, I alluded to this um, last week. Uh, the, the reason why we talk about this is because we want to be a church that deals with real issues that you deal with. I mean, we know that this is something that is 
on your mind, you're hearing about it. And so I hope this was a start, you know, a step to help you guys. But like I said, let this be the beginning. Let's talk about it. You know, talk with your core leaders, core members, talk with us, and uh, let's be able to honor Jesus in this together. It's, there's nothing better. Um, it was a, a blessing for us. Our dating relationship was, and it gets better every year. Every season has been amazing. And yeah, now we're in the grandparent season. It's amazing. I just realized when Tammy was talking that about your garden, you're going to plant these good seeds. And uh, I don't know why. I was just, I was looking at Abby. I know why, because she's right in front of me. Um, it wasn't prophetic, but she's right there. But thinking, yeah, and one day Abby will be, you know, our age. And I thought, oh, Lord, I'll be in my 80s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still doing pull-ups, though. You watch. Uh, anyway, uh, love you guys. Man, we're excited. I want to close this in prayer. And... Uh, Let's keep, let's keep Jesus first. There's no other way. It's, just, it's amazing. Amen. Lord, we thank you for these wonderful young people. You have a destiny for them. I know it's not been an easy road. A lot of them have been hurt. They've given away things that they wish they wouldn't have. And so, God, I pray that you will protect them from the enemy's lies, from shame, and show them this beautiful destiny you have for them to be a godly husband and wife a godly single person, and uh, to honor you and, and to see many people brought closer to you. So we pray for your highest blessing over them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks for coming, everybody.